TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 359, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun. I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. Hi, this is Greg. I'm a, just a guy who watches TV from St. Louis. And we have a brand new guest. Yes, hi, I'm Aaron. I'm an actor, and I'm a TV enthusiast and a superhero and comic book super fan. <laughs> nice. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this week in the news, we have that ABC has ordered more episodes of Kevin Probably Saves the World, and they've ordered more scripts for the mayor. And that just means, just to distinguish, that means we're actually getting more episodes of Kevin, and for the mayor, depending on the scripts, if they like them, we may or may not be getting more episodes of the mayor. Let's hope for not, because that show sucks. Um... <laughs> Next, uh, I have the Dynasty has landed a full season at CW. I don't know how, but okay, sure. Um, a bunch of shows have started to go on hiatus, uh, and NBC has already put up their dates for when they're going to be back, and it looks like The Good Place is not coming back till January 4th. Oh! <laughs> well, at least it's coming back. I know, but I need my happy fix. I'm not disagreeing. I love that show. Uh, Shameless has been renewed by Showtime, I believe, for season nine. Apparently that show's not going to end. Um, and those kids are going to have grandkids or something. Uh, the Magicians for season three has just cast Felicia Day. So, yay, what? happy day. And yes. I love Magicians already, and she's just perfect. For that. I mean, it feels like she'll fit right in. Um, all right. Anybody have any other news? No? Then we'll off to the races with the TV shows. First up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery. And this episode is the... I was going to say the quintessential. That is not quite correct. But it is the episode before we hit our fall finale. And An ultimate. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Excellent. Uh, so yes, our penultimate before our uh, fall finale, and it was a, I really loved what they did with Saru, and and we got to see him be normal, got to see him be crazy, come back, and everything, and it was a really good highlight on his character. The only thing that I wished was that that moment when he got beamed on board the ship, that transition from being crazy Saru to going back to being himself and filling with regret. Like the ca it was a wide shot. The camera wasn't really on his face. And so I couldn't tell what he was feeling. So then when you see him in, in med bay, I was a little confused on what he was talking about. Like, I feel like they could have done that a little better, but other than that, I thought the Saru stuff was great. And, uh, I always love Michael, but I'm so tired of the Michael Tyler stuff. I just kind of fell asleep during that bit uh other thoughts because well, i know i'm i'm not in the majority on that wait really are you talking about the michael tyler you're not in the majority 
Uh, a lot of people like them together. I can't stand them together. What? Well, here's here's what I'll say about that. Um, I think the writing for them is terrible. I don't hate the pairing. I'm not quite shipping them yet, but um, I just think that it was way too rushed. Um, you know, I think I think we mentioned this on the podcast last week about how um, you know the the uh, Groundhog's Day episode. Uh, you know, where they kind of sort of bonded about a million times, um, but they don't have a memory of that. So it's not cumulative. So they don't even have that shared deep experience. They just have that one one time. So it right. seems really odd to me that they are so connected. And if she is, you know, as unpracticed in dating and love and all that stuff as it seems to be, as she's kind of made it seem to be, she's already macking on him on some like, yeah. you know, foreign planet. And I and I really was like, wait, where is this coming from? And I thought, I really thought it was gonna be like a plot device where they were a, like a plot issue where like they were being affected by, you know, the fairy dust or whatever, you know, was affecting Saru. I thought, oh, this is making them all, you know, amorous and stuff. And then I realized, nope, this is just bad writing. So, <laughs> I, I really, really do have a problem with that them for now. I mean, they could in the back end, if they like, I don't know, make it better or make that work. I'm not, I'm not against it, but no. Yeah. That's a real sore point for me. I don't anything. think in general, Star Trek does it well. Romances, honestly. Well, is there so. anything else about the episode other than their failed romance part? What, what else did you like uh, not like? Uh, you know, I didn't. I don't, it doesn't sound like I liked it as much as you, but yes, I like that they focused on Saru. I do, um, and I 100% agree with you with that shot. It, it, they could have squeezed that whole moment, you know, where he comes back. It could have been so much more emotional and kind of really make me feel for him the conflict or the whatever the journey that he went on in that little you know thing. But it was too far away. It was yeah, it really was missing a close up for sure. So. But overall, I like the episode. Probably, this doesn't mean it was a bad episode for me at all, but probably my least favorite. Probably my least favorite. Hmm. All right, great. Yeah, yeah I think we like the stuff that happens, you know, in space and on the ship. This was our first away mission episode. And so, you know, we're on a strange planet. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, we're, they, they kind of mixed in some prime directive stuff in there. So that that was kind of nice, you know, to get some of that callbacks to, you know, original Trek. Um, but then uh, there's there's also the other plot that's happening with uh, the Klingon and uh, the Admiral um, and their interactions. And it, it almost almost um, as a result of their, you know, talking and communications, they they find some sort of mutual respect between between each other. So I thought that was a that was a good part of the episode. Wait, you mean the admiral that's maybe dead or may not be dead? That admiral? Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So what's your vote? Is she dead or not? I don't think she's dead. Okay. I think they yeah. showed her body too much for her to be dead. I agree. Me too. But now, but now the question is, okay, so this these you know kind of another spore like life form that's like hovering around on the surface of the planet is now like called the Federation and the Klingons to the same uh, location. Right. Location. Um, so this could be like the final battle Royale. Well, I don't think it's the final battle. I think it's going to be a big battle, but I don't think it's going to be the final, because it's one ship and one ship that got called and you still have a war happening. So, um, it will be, I'm sure, the cliffhanger for the hiatus in some way. 
And so I figure at the end of, of our next hour of Star Trek, we're all going to be yelling at the screen. Um, but over, yeah. I mean, I generally liked the episode. I liked the stuff with the Admiral and the Klingon. I liked the stuff with Saru. I just didn't like the romance part. So it's a thumb up in the thumb upish direction, but not a full up thumb up. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Aaron, did you have any thoughts or I don't know if you watched Star Trek. Um, I don't watch Star Trek. I don't know how you're going to fit in with that. Man. Discovery, but we, you know we can what? yell at you later. Yeah. But you know what? In listening to you all, I'm going to go ahead and order the CBS app and start. <gasps> oh, right. wow. Yay. You guys have inspired me, so I will. <laughs> Wait a week. Wait a week so you can binge it all. Cause it, it, oh no, you said you're gonna you're gonna order it. I was gonna say you could do the trial for a week and just wait a week and then watch them all. Yeah, because it'll be on hiatus next week. All the episodes will be out, and so you can use the uh, trial and get all the episodes at once. Oh, very cool. I'll do that. Yeah, all wait right. a week. Next up, we're gonna talk uh, Walking Dead, and this episode was called Monsters. And it was straight up callback to season one. We have Morales holding Rick at gunpoint, telling Rick how terrible a person he is. I'm one thing I'm gonna say is I'm tired of people telling Rick how terrible he is. He's yep. done what he had to do to survive. Get off his back. Um, and I hate when he doubts himself. I'm like he's finally actually doing the right thing. Let's go, man. We don't have time for this. Uh, and I'm also over Jesus and his whole, we have to keep everybody hostage and, and we have to keep the prisoners and keep them alive. And I was like, dude, we don't have the man. First of all, the saviors outnumber them. You don't have the manpower to guard a bunch of, of prisoners, let alone the food and the supplies to guard a bunch of prisoners. That's a terrible plan. And it's going to get a lot of people killed. And I'm really mad at, at Maggie for not standing up to Jesus on that. So, yeah, that's my opinion. Any other thoughts? Well, I thought the fight scene between Jesus and uh, Morgan was fantastic. That was that was the awesome kung fu versus stick. I know kung fu, and you know stick. But I feel like Morgan should have been better. Like, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I think Jesus basically kicked Morgan's butt in the fight. Um, and I feel like Morgan's really good with that stick. And that means he has reach. So yeah. I don't mind that Jesus won the fight, but I feel like Morgan should have done better in the fight. But it was still a good fight. Don't get me wrong. It was a great fight. Uh, I was so mad. I really wanted Morgan to kick Jesus's ass. I mean, <laughs> I'm so upset with Jesus right now. And I had a feeling he was going to lose. I mean, as far as the plot's concerned, I thought, well, it's, you know, probably he's going to lose. Um, I thought it was ridiculous, though, all of it. And I mean, not the plot. I just mean whatever um, in in their world. In the, I mean, you, I, I'm reminded of this years ago. Uh, I took a self-defense class uh, years and years ago, and the teacher was amazing. And one of the things he said towards the end of the whole series or whatever, um, he emphasized that nothing he taught us, absolutely nothing that he taught us would matter if we weren't willing to do it in the moment. You know what I mean? Right. And he was like, if your life is in danger. And he did this almost meditative thing where he trained us to like sense, not sense memory, but to really visualize. Like he's like, if you're being choked to death and there was this there's a move that he taught us about like how to pop a guy's eyeball out, you know? And he was like, prepare yourself mentally, you know, to, to be, do this, to, to maim someone, to kill them. He's like, or nothing I teach you 
will matter at all. You just got to go all in. Yeah, I mean, the Jesus, I, I mean, I would have beat the shit out of him. And I really would have been like, dude, <laughs> this is not World War II. This is not Geneva Convention. There are zombies, you know, eating us. And we are, this is not the same thing. So for a moment, I really did think about it. And I was like, oh, he's right. You know, he's like, you know, peace and you all have to live together and civilization. This is a crumbling. And I thought, nope, just kick ass and start <laughs> over. Like, don't demolish everybody my my thing is the people that have the especially the bullies and whatnot that are in the saviors they're not the foundation you want of your civilization you want those guys gone so scorched earth start over do over yeah no i i I, I agree i agree but yeah but i think the conversation with morales between morales and rick was basically um basically saying that you know, I mean, they're the same. I mean, it, the only difference is whether or not if, if you were in this zombie apocalypse and you met up with Negan first, you would be Negan. You know, if you met up with Rick first, you would be in Rick's group. And so, I mean, the fact that, you know, these folks are part of the saviors, are pro- they, they're just part of the saviors so they can survive. Well, and some, they found I agree. They some of them right. are, but some of them are sociopaths that have thrived under Negan's rule, and you can't have those guys in your society. You just can't. Yeah. Well, um, and and with Rick attack, you know, when Rick attacked the outpost a while back and just killed those folks in his in their sleep. I mean, it's getting a slippery slope as to you know that, who's that was who's a slippery the, slope. Yeah. I agree, but at the point now where they're like all out war, they've declared war on each other, taking no prisoners, done. And the yep. only thing that did kind of bug me a little was Rick was like, in this world, all we have is our word. I give you my word. And then Daryl freaking shot the guy. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was like, well, Daryl didn't give his word. I was like, Rick tried to keep his word. Daryl didn't say nothing. Bam, done. Move on. That's how it works. Oh. Yeah, and Rick, he killed Barabbas too. Look- I have to remember, I have to remember, because I was looking at Daryl like, oh my gosh, man, you're out of control. But then I had to remember, okay, he was taken prisoner and given like and dog tortured. Yeah, he was tortured by the, not just the dog sandwich, they beat the crap out of him all the time. So he was yeah. tortured. Uh, so yeah, his perspective on the Savers is he's going to kill all of them. Uh, but Rick's look at him was like, dude, really? Like, <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I feel like if Daryl and, and Jesus had that conversation, it would have ended really differently. I feel like Daryl would have just shot him. Been like, dude, I, I don't have time for you. Um, yeah, it was the scene out of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where like he does all the kung fu and Daryl's like, nope, just going to shoot you with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, let's move on. I feel like The Walking Dead has, has fulfilled its promise with we're really getting a war. I'm really enjoying it. It's thumbs up for me. I can't wait for tonight's episode. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Ghosted. I don't think we've talked about it since the pilot. And they've had several episodes. Some of them have been hit and miss. Some of them I thought were great. Some of them I fell asleep on. This episode was actually pretty good, though, I have to say. I enjoyed it. It was... Why were they? What was the point? The plot? They were looking... Oh, somebody had created a fountain of youth. And they were trying to figure out who had created it and how... And they had and and why these caddies were disappearing, and so these young men are disappearing, and they got to track it down, and figure out a way to stop it. And they have to go undercover. I think they would don't they go undercover twice? Yeah, I think one time they go undercover and he's a caddy, and then the next time he goes undercover and he's a waiter, right? Uh, Aaron, uh, tell me what you thought of the episode. 
Well, I, you know, I thought it was actually really funny. Um, I enjoyed the juxtaposition of Craig Robinson not being the caddy, which is what we all probably would have expected. Right. And switched it around. And what what made me laugh so much was how Craig Robinson, even though they were undercover, but he was really getting into the role as he was like insulting Adam Scott, treating him even worse and worse. And just the expressions on Adam Scott's face with each, you know, jab that Craig Robinson made, it, it cracked me up. Um, you know, there was, um, I mean, you know, some there, there were some things that Sometimes the show, like you said, is hit and miss. Um, I thought this was a little bit more hit than miss, this particular I, episode. I think, I think you're right, yep. Yeah, but, you know, I, I did enjoy it. Um, I found that there were, um, I, I really liked the camaraderie, um, as well as seeing the entire team and, and um, the one technician who's always looking for a friend. I thought that that was hilarious. I uh, feel like, only thing about that guy is I feel like he's a little over the top. Like, he just needs to tone it down about 10 degrees. Yeah. I get what they're doing with this character, but it's a little too much to where yeah. he's edging towards being annoying. Yeah. So, just my opinion. Uh, any Anyone else thoughts on the episode? Um, I just want to say real quick, I, I like the chemistry. It's definitely, I think we're all saying the same thing. It's hit or miss. It's not a fantastic show, but it's light. I mean, it's a half hour comedy. I like the the combination, the conceit of the show, which is like not the office necessarily, but you know, it's, 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 um, you know, it's a comedy that's light and, you know, it's all about personality, but then, Oh, but by the way, there are aliens and supernatural stuff, you know, going. So, I mean, I like the show in general. I don't think it's a great show, but I think it's definitely moved uh, for me. It's kind of moved up uh, because I, I generally like the relationship between the two. I think they've got good chemistry, the leads. I agree. All right, so we're saying thumbs up for this week. Uh, sure. Next up, we're going to talk about The Gifted. And uh, inside info I just got, I asked one uh, someone from the show, I said, right now The Gifted is, I like to watch it. And I said, when is it going to become, I have to watch it? And he said, episode nine. And I'm like, wait, are we on seven or eight? <laughs> I think, was that the episode this week, was that? That's seven, I think. So we have two more episodes till we get to nine. And he said, when we get to nine, that's when it's gonna. That's when the show elevates to. I must watch this show every week. And I was like, okay, I like to know that. Uh, so you heard it here, folks. I have no other spoilers. Nothing else to tell you. Uh, and I don't want spoilers anyway. Um, so this week's episode was basically after uh, Sentinel Services, Kobe Bell's character. He, he's come back to work after he found out he got basically mind raped. And so now he's back and with a vengeance and he really just wants to hurt them. He really wants to hurt the, the mutants. And so he's teamed up with the evil scientist guy who I don't know what his evil science plan is, but I'm sure it's terrible. Um, but his morality before prevented him from working with this guy. But now he's like, whatever, don't care. Uh, and then the storyline with the mutants was, I don't remember. Someone help me. Practice, training, school. Yeah. And what and else? The girl dating. And uh, not the girl dating, the teenage romance, the budding teenage romance. Uh, then cares? there was the train with the chainsaw. I know who cares. And, um, and then there was, you know, the mom trying to like, you know, school everybody and create a sense of normalcy, blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, but didn't they have a mission? I feel like there was a mission. There was a mission. Yeah, there was. Um, Eclipse, Andy, and Reed um, went to, um, I can't remember the name of the location. Um, it wasn't Sentinel Services, but it was another place oh, where they could get- Oh, it was a courthouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. They went to the courthouse to steal the files. Uh, yeah. And then on their way out, they almost got captured, and so the team had to go out and save them, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was okay. I mean, nothing actually happened in this episode. It was more set up. Like, yeah. now they have the files that they're going to need to do whatever it is they're going to do. And um, now we can see what some of the other members of the team can do. So it was more, this was an exercise in, we're going to need these people later for this other thing. So right. seeing what they could do now is really what it's about. Also, though, there was that whole section, though, which I thought was kind of nice. Um, I'm going to just say it. I say it every week. I hate that kid. I hate the teenage kid. I can't deal. Um, but anyway, uh, there was some nice, like, you know, that bonding going on, trying to understand, you know, that whole, you know, backstory family thing. I'm trying to get, trying to get me to like that kid more, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then there was that moment. I mean, ugh, I can't, I just, you know, I don't know. Keep going, I can't keep going. Keep but going. Anyway, uh, that moment in the truck where, you know, um, he was talking about like, how do you know, were you prepared to be a father, all that stuff. So there was, there was some character kind of building and relationship kind right, of building, right. which I thought was nice in contrast to, you know, all the action action stuff and the, you know, that stuff. I mean, cause I need to care about these characters. And right. So I don't for whatever crisis that happens later, you're going to care if somebody dies. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, it was fine. Necessary. Yeah. I, I just, like I said, this was, more of a setup episode than an action episode. So it was okay for what it was. Uh, and I think it's going to be judged on whatever happens in episode nine. Yeah. You know, one thing that, that gets me, um, and I do enjoy the show a lot, but they keep saying that X-Men are gone or, and the brotherhood are gone or the X-Men are going to uh, keep saying that there's a war coming. And I feel like I hear that every episode, maybe it's just me. But I almost sit there and wait until I hear them say it. And I'm like, we, you know, that's something that's we kind of already know is coming. So um, that kind of wears me just a little bit sometimes, um, you know, because I feel like um, the world is already kind of set up. We kind of get it. Um, and I think in saying that, even in the first couple of episodes, I think was enough that we get it that the X-Men are gone for whatever reason. Nobody knows what happened to them or the Brotherhood. And I'm assuming because they keep mentioning it that we're going to get a reveal maybe at the end of the season um, as to what actually happened to them. That would be nice. Oh, and also I found out that there's only going to be the 13 episodes. It doesn't have it, there's they're not going to try to do a back nine at all. It's uh, 13 and out, and then they'll find out if they get a season two. Ah, I see. Just so I you see. know. But, you know, because I'm a comic book fan, I watch this show and I keep looking for, like, Easter eggs or nuggets, right. you know, that tie in with the comic books. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting. I love that they have Polaris. We know um, in the comic book she's the daughter of Magneto. So I'm curious to see, are they going to do anything with that? Um, and so I'm hoping that there'll be some kind of tie-ins. Um, I don't expect it to happen, but I'm hopeful that there'll be some kind of a tie-in with um, some of the actual known X-Men characters. I'm curious to see, so. Okay. Yeah. All right, thumbs up, I think, ish for this episode. Mm -hmm. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Lucifer, and Lucifer goes to Vegas and has to save his 
previously or now ex-wife, who I didn't really care for the first time around, so I'm not sure why we had a second episode with her. Um, I found her boring. The only thing that was actually interesting was when the girls broke into Lucifer's apartment and started tearing his place up and having a party. Like, I thought that was fun. Because I like downtime with the detective. She usually, as they say, don't really doesn't really put her hair down. So this was actually a really good time to see her relaxed and what she really cares about and all that stuff. I thought that was kind of interesting. Thoughts? Yeah, I like the dynamic between Lucifer and Ella. So it was like a Lucifer-Ella episode. And so yeah. they could go off and solve the crime. And um, it just kind of gave it a different, you know, kind of feel to the to the episode and especially especially with you know we kind of get an idea that ella has some history with las vegas and oh we definitely find out that history (laughs) we definitely find out that she's a she's been um picked up for counting cards and it's uh uh she yeah because she she kind of like goes on a she almost goes on a bender while they're sitting there at the poker table trying to trying to play which yeah, uh, well, no, which I, will lead me later into my the Brooklyn Nine Nine episode, which is really funny. But uh, let's stick stick to Lucifer right now. Um, did anybody else see it other than two of us? Is that it? Okay. Uh, I thought that. Well, I mean, question to you: Did you like the ex-wife coming back? Did you care about her at all? Um, no, I just I mean I just considered another you know you know part of the story. I mean. You know, just and we didn't uh, get any Aminadel. Come on, man. We had the ex-wife instead of Aminadel. Boo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think they're coming back like maybe next week. But uh, yeah, it was a nice, um, a nice different pace. Um, although, although you know, I, I, I still didn't like the fact that he just like, you know, right on Chloe's birthday, he just takes off and leaves town. Yeah. Um, and doesn't and doesn't really tell her where where he's going, but. Uh, uh, but you know, it had a nice, touching, you know. The ending was good. Ending, yeah, yeah. Although I would be a little bit upset that someone was trying to drill into my safe when I got back to my apartment. <laughs> but ironically, <laughs> the only thing he had in his safe was her birthday present. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. So I don't think he would have cared if she had managed to get. Yeah, he she totally did mess up his wall. Uh, but I mean, you know, he doesn't really care about things. So I don't think that would have bothered him that much. I think he would have well, found it more amusing that she actually did try to drill into his wall. Well, he has the autographed copy of Hamlet from William Shakespeare. Yeah, but that's not in his safe. That's just on his bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like his priorities are different. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the I thought the end was probably the best part of the episode. I agree. Um, but the the part in Vegas was okay. I get, I get what you're saying that it had a different feel, but I'm not sure if I cared for that feel for a whole episode. Like, that would have been nice for maybe an act, but not for the episode. Uh, just my thoughts. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which ironically uh, dealt with Atlantic City instead of Vegas. And another kind of, well, I don't even know if they went to Atlantic City. They just went to an underground poker game. But it dealt with another main character revealing a an addiction to, to poker also with the counting cards. It's, it was really odd that those, both of those episodes had the same theme, but it was really interesting to see the, uh, police chief, the captain. It was really odd yeah. to see the captain. So just 
crazy. And he's like, I have a tell. I could never, he's like, I couldn't tell you what my tell is and you'll never find it. And it's just like, when you actually find out what the tell, I was like, of course that's his tell. Like, it's awesome. Um, what did you think of the episode? What was it again? What was his tell? What was the episode? Yeah, I forgot. Uh, it's that he used contractions. That's oh, how you right. Know that he was, was lying is that he used contractions. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Um, yeah, and so perfect for him. I exactly. like the writing on a lot. I like the writing on the show a lot. I I really like this show. I remember liking it, uh, but not being quite sure of it by in the first season, you know. And then it just kind of built, and it is definitely one of those shows. I think I mentioned this before. It's kind of like Barney Miller, you know. It's the it's like the you know our our version of Barney Barney Miller. It's an office you know type show with, but obviously set in a police station. Um, but uh, I. As the seasons have gone on, I have really grown to like every single character. And I love how they all have their personalities. Um, I absolutely love what they've done with the captain. Um, in the beginning, I thought, oh, is he just literally going to be the straight man for every joke? And is he going to be one note? I think that what, they're, what they've done with his, with his character is fantastic. Um, there's so many colors to his personality now and there's, um, and they're really good with it. You know, everything they write for him doesn't seem, seem like forced or shtick or like, oh, now we're going to make him funny. It's so organic how they've grown his character and he's absolutely a lead. And I love how they've, um, they have this not really father son, but this great mutual respect between, uh, Andy's character, uh, and the captain, I mean, they genuinely are incredibly fond of each other now, but he's still the stern dad. And, you know, and so, yeah, no, I think that they've developed the characters great. I mean, with I would, any show. All right. I would yeah. have said that I, when I first started watching the show, I thought they were wasting Andre Brower on the show. Yep. I was yep. like, this is a waste of this man's talent. And now I'm like, he's brilliant. Yep. So, yep. yes, they are not wasting him at all. It's it's fantastic. I agree. Yeah. I will say one quick thing though. I feel like Terry, the, the Terry, the Terry character, has become a little one note, you know, and and that's not that's hard to avoid. You know, there are so many characters, and they all have their own little personality quirks, and maybe they'll swing back to Terry. Um, but I definitely think uh, they know what they've got with Andre Bauer. They they know his character so well, so they've kind of definitely put him in kind of as the second lead. Um, and then some other people are going to suffer. And the last thing I will say, though, I love is I love his relationship with, um, you know, his best friend. I forgot his name. Um, it's crazy adorable how much he worships him. And in fact, a friend of mine, I turned my friend on to um, the show and she literally binged every single episode, the entire season, the entire, I mean, all of them, I mean. Um, and she just, we talked on and on about their friendship and how, crazy, adorable, obsessive it is. And um, so that's my other favorite thing about the show. I love their relationship also. Yay. All right. Uh, so thumbs up definitely for this week's episode. It was a great showcase for the captain. And if you're not watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, why not? <laughs> Binge <right>. it. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk The Flash. And... Um, this episode was The Bachelor Party. This was actually one of the weaker episodes of The Flash. I feel like if you're going to do a feminism storyline, you can do it without hitting us over the head with it. Hashtag feminism. Um, and some of the things that the women actually did working together was dumb because they insisted on only doing it amongst the women, which is ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I'm all for girl power, but I'm also 
for girls not being stupid. So, yeah, this was not my favorite episode. The bachelor party itself was kind of amusing, but it was very lowbrow amusing. So, uh, I'm, well, the flash I'm... was kind of, the flash was kind of incapacitated, so it's not like you know he could have come to the rescue anyway because he was just obliterated. I'm, yeah. I'm not, to, but there there were more guys there than just him. I'm just saying that there were a couple of places where they consciously decided not to ask for help. Like, they initially did call for help, and nobody picked up. That's fine, and I understand why. But there were also a couple of points where they realized the situation was going to be super dangerous, and it's not like they don't know numbers of, you know, like the Arrow dude or any... Like, they, like they have a network now, so that if you do get in a bind, you have people you can call. And they were like, we're not going to call anybody because... Hashtag feminism. Like, no. No. Yeah, it was poorly written, and I felt like it was super forced just so that we could have a girl power episode. Right. So I, I think it was just disingenuous. And exactly. for me, I don't I don't I mind. I personally yeah, was I was, insulted. As, yes, as a feminist, I was insulted. And if they had somehow... I mean, I, I understand the argument. If the, if it had been written in a way that they were unable to communicate or try even with anybody, you know, they were somehow, you know, in a you know situation where no communication could come in and out, then it the, it makes a little bit more sense. But I think the idea was it was supposed to be that they could call for help, but they're not gonna. They're gonna take care of business themselves. Right. And it was just so poorly written and clunky, you know, clunky that I think that's, you know, the problem I had with it. I don't have a problem with the girl power and I don't have a problem with giving us this kind of episode, but it was just really poorly done. Exactly. I agree. Uh, can we talk about the, the big elephant in the room? What was up with Katie Sackhoff's accent? What was <laughs> that was just, it was so distracting. I was like, oh, this hurt me. It hurt me to well, my feet. It wasn't just her accent. She was also so over the top that I wanted to smack her back to the earth. She was just, she was about 20, 20 degrees more. Like, the director should have been like, Calm down, just, just, just calm down. She was, she was over the, she was, she was like, oh, I'm on a superhero show. Oh my god, she turned the camp way up, and it wasn't just the accents. It was, it was a lot of other stuff happening. Yeah, um, you know. Uh, go ahead, Aaron. You know, I was kind of hoping that um, this would be a moment because it was the girls' night out. They couldn't reach the guy, so I was expecting for like Cecile. Um, because she is a trained police officer and detective to kind of, you know, take the reins um, in, in the fight. But, you know, she kind of got pushed out of the way. And I was also kind of expecting Felicity, who has been in these situations before. I was expecting her to pull out some kind of cool gadget right. that she has. Um, and, you know, none of that was utilized. So I felt like even the character's abilities um, weren't utilized. I feel like they just put Killer Frost front and center in those moments but she even seemed even weaker um you know than usually especially in the first fight when she gets beat up yeah. she shouldn't have yes. been exactly like, I, was like, I was like why don't you just use your shield which she uses later yes. like come on it was just yeah. bad it was just bad a bad <laughs> episode you get a bad apple thumbs down <laughs> for me for this week of the flash do better next week guys all right uh, any other thoughts before we move on? I thought not. All right. This is us. Made you cry this week, didn't it? It actually did make me cry this week. 
I teared up a little bit. Um, I'm trying to remember when I teared up a little bit on this one, but uh, they had a lot of good storylines happening. And my favorite, I'm gonna have to say, was with was Randall and the adopt was was Deja and her mom and assumptions and judging people. I really liked that because I remember when he was talking to the mom through the glass and the mom. Well, when the mom first didn't show up to to meet Deja, I was like, oh, something probably happened and she got beat up or something and she didn't want to show up just for her daughter to see it. And he was like, she's just being irresponsible. I was like, or. And then when you see her, she's all beat up. And I was like, exactly. And then he's still judging her. And I was like, dude, stop it. And I like that he did. And trying to keep Deja from her mom would have been a horrible mistake. And I'm glad they chose not to do that. And I thought, because then Randall would have been just as guilty as his mom was. So I like that he learned something from that experience. And that storyline really moved me. And also they did a flashback with the dad. Uh, his dad, uh, William, with, you know, that moment when he's in the courtroom and he's talking to the judge and he's telling him he's the most disappointed man in the world, that made me cry, absolutely. Like, that was my my tear-jerk moment. I was like, oh my god! Alright. <laughs> Any other thoughts, uh, stories? What do you guys think of the episode? Yeah, I, I really like the tie-in. Of course, of course, my favorite part of the episode, of course, was the William flashbacks. Um, and so, uh, I'm trying to, I'm looking at the episode and I'm like, okay, are they just using footage that they already did? Or did they actually ask no, that back and shoot? Yeah. They went back and yeah. shot some stuff. Yeah. 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 So this is new footage. And so it's, it's really kind of, it, it was really kind of cool to kind of see, you know, that, <clears throat> that story that he had where the judge says, okay, I'm going to take a chance on you. Remember my face. And then you, you see how, you know, he had gone out and, and gotten some, I, I guess it was heroin, and he's about to shoot up. And then you can see him, like, thinking about the judge. And then right at that very moment is when Randall knocked on his door. Right. Um, and so that explains so much as to why, you know, when we see that first scene in season one, when Randall just, like, has his whole rant about, you left me, you know, at a fire station and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then uh, William goes, would you like to come in? And Randall goes, yes. <laughs> and then walks inside. So you see where William was right at that moment, you know, and right. so why he was, and maybe why he was really um, wanting to connect with someone or make that connection to some human being so that he didn't go uh, back down that path. Right. But then also you get like the story of, you know, the family and trying to adopt Randall. And then you get the judge who was um, at Williams trial and the judge who was with the adoption and kind of how they're kind of sitting together. And, and you see their thought patterns of, you know, did I make the right decisions today? You know, um, as a judge, did I, did I try to do something to help someone? And that, and that was really cool with the episode too. Right. Agreed. Uh, so anybody else see it? Is that it? Okay. Um, this was one of the better episodes. The only thing that I would say that's negative about this episode is the Kevin bit. Uh, his storyline, him being addicted to pills just does not work at all. Uh, and I don't know why they thought this would be a great storyline. It's a terrible storyline. Um... So that, I, I mean, 
it's already down a deep dark hole and I'm not sure if they can pull that storyline out. I'm just, I don't care. Well, I was a little confused because he shows up at her doorstep, but he, he went and bought three rings. So I thought that the whole thing of, you know, you know, Randall now taking care of, uh, you know, another kid and now, you know, his sister is pregnant. And I thought that was really going to kind of drive him to finally commit to his girlfriend. Remember he had that, like after he bought the rings, he fell asleep and he had that dream. And in the dream, he was a terrible father. So that's why he backed out. Hello? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, okay. yeah, I thought, but I thought the dream sequence, though, you know, when he was dreaming, I thought that was just because, you know, maybe he was realizing, you know, what the, you know, his, his drug addiction was, was going to do to him if he didn't stop. And so yes, I thought that would be the logical person's conclusion. His conclusion right. was that nope, need to keep doing the drugs, just need to get rid of the woman. So Wow, yeah. So well I hope uh well I, I hope you know something happens that he either had you know finds the support system that he needs or, or what have well, you to first kind of... of all nobody even knows he's doing drugs. So he's kept that secret pretty well at the moment. All right. So, thumbs up for the episode overall. Uh, thumbs down on the, the Kevin storyline. But everything else is golden. Alright, uh, next up, I'm going to talk about how to get away with murder. And Aaron, do you want to talk first about what you thought of this episode? Or actually, what's about the storyline for this season? Um, sure. You know, um, I'm loving the storyline. Season. I think it's giving um, Viola Davis even more layers to play with. I think she's already brilliant. And I think that they're giving her even more layers with watching her, you know, when she was on top now, you know, uh, relegated now to she's the, at the bottom. Yeah. And having to fight and, you know, tooth and claw her way back. Where at first in the beginning, you know, she had, uh, it, it wasn't an, an arrogance, but there was a level of confidence. I guess it was a borderline arrogance. She but, was you arrogant. Know, yeah, 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 she was. Yeah. But now I love seeing this journey because it's humanizing her um, for me. And watching her with Isaac um, this episode actually made me misty-eyed when he finally got through the wall and, you know, started, uh, got her to open up um, about her thoughts about her child. Do mm -hmm. you think that there's something uh, going on, but that there will be something going on between her and her therapist since they keep... She's like, you're my trigger. You're my trigger. I'm like, stop triggering each other or whatever you guys are doing. And he's like, do something or don't do something. Because I feel like there is an attraction going on between them. I don't think I'm crazy. But I, I think that they're both super aware of it. So And they're both terrified of it. Yeah. That's kind I think, of how I saw it. I think even more so on his side. Um, I think he's becoming borderline obsessed with her. Um, yeah. And no, um, and and I feel that even though she has her walls up, um, but I think he's one of the few people that's actually been able to get her to really look, you know, inside of herself and really see what drives her and what what motivates her. So I think it, 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 it in a weird way, it's almost like a codependency in a way. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that that's going to be an interesting relationship. Unfortunately, there's only one more episode. <laughs> so, well, for uh, the fall, for our winter highest, then it comes back in January. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I would love to see how all of that plays out uh, between them. I think there is something there, um, you know, and uh, even with um, his therapist. Who's his if, ex-wife. I think the reason she wants them apart from each other is she can see it. She can yes. see the obsession and his, yeah, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. But I like it. I'm there for it. Like when you talk, I was like, wait a minute, is this a ship about to take off? Like I was just, I, I, I don't know. You don't know this about me yet, but I am crazy about really good relationships starting off and seeing them go and see where they go. And if it's done really well, I'm a hundred percent there for it. And Unlike Star Trek, where they don't know how to do ships, and I'm really irritated by that. But this show, it crept up on me. I was like, wait, is this a thing? Is this happening? And I was like, ooh, I think I like it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm there for this. How do you feel about Asher um, and his relationship with, um, uh, I know her name is Asia. Forgive me. Um, can't remember her name just off the top of my head. The Mar- character. Mar- Michaela, it's like it begins with M. Michaela, uh, Asher is such a loser, but Michaela makes him seem tolerable. Yeah. Uh, I think if he's not with her, I could not stand him. Yes. But being with her makes him a halfway decent person, and I can deal with him. Uh, so yeah, they should be together because if they're not, I can't stand Asher. <laughs> So, yeah, thumbs up. I don't like Frank and... Hmm. Bonnie? Yeah, well, keep going. Well, I don't like Frank and Bonnie either. I don't yeah. like Frank and... Lauren? Frank and, yeah, Frank, I don't like her and him either. So basically, yeah. I like Frank. I like Frank's obsession with uh, Annalise because yeah. it's creepy, but yeah. I like that. I like him being the creepy guy that needs her approval and would do anything for her. I like that relationship, but I don't like Frank with any of the women. I just don't. Right. Um, and it's not that he's a, not a good the guy's a good looking guy. It's just him. I think he's a, he's, he's not a good person. Right. And I think he actually makes whatever woman is with him. Not a good person too. Yeah. So I don't want him with any of the women except you know, like I said, following Annalise around like a puppy dog. I, I enjoy that. Yeah. I, I like him trying to get redemption. Right. Yes. And I, I, that make, I agree with you. That makes it their relationship interesting to me. But I do agree. Um, him with Bonnie or Lauren, it, it just gets odd. Yeah. It, it makes me icky. Need a shower. Um, <laughs> so overall, I'm really enjoying the show. So thumbs up. I really didn't think I would. I was. I was so sure once they killed Wes, I was going to be out because I really yeah. liked Wes. But they're doing such a good job, actually, with this season. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll keep watching. Don't want to. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Kevin probably saves the world. And I like this show overall, but it does get a little hit and miss. And this week's episode opened with a really super campy version of where we left off, where 
he's all forgiven in the first five minutes and is a hero and is a crime fighter and you're like wait oh this is a dream and then he wakes up out of the dream and he's back where he started um and i just mm, i'm not sure how i feel about this week's episode it's it was it was okay it was okay um but i did feel him getting back in the house was a little too easy uh your thoughts um, I actually have the opposite. I, I was really, we know that he's going to be let back in the house. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, the show, the show would take a different turn if he didn't. So I was like, great. They got it over with. Like I was upset. Uh, you know, it wasn't contrived, but I, I, you know, getting what led up to getting him thrown out of the house made sense. You know, um, her, him helping her, the daughter hide the fact that she was arrested or they were arrested. Um, it, I mean, it all makes sense. Uh, but I'm actually the opposite. I really thought, I don't want to waste time on this, him, you know, her forgiving him and him getting back in the house and stuff. I like the pacing of the show because at the end of that show, he revealed by rescuing, you know, the, the daughter, um, from the fall, you know, she kind of was like, the mother was like, Whoa, did I just see what I just saw? So like the reveal is already happening. You know, the, I, well, I, yeah, I, well except for not really, cause he's trying to convince her that she's just seeing stuff, but well, yeah, but course. now I mean, she's I, now she's going to be watching him. Yes. 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 I mean, of course that's going to happen. The you know the superhero denial trope. You know, but 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 I I like the pace of the show. Um, and I really here's the thing that I really like about the show. I like it. I love the beginning. I thought the beginning was hilarious because it was super campy and it was crazy. You know, like it, you knew it was a dream within five seconds. But yes, exactly. But it was exactly. you're right. That bit was funny. I just it was hilarious. Yeah, I did think that it would just take a little longer, and I don't know. Yeah, I no, I like it take long. I just, I was like, oh, don't distract me with this, like, oh, I gotta make up and come back into the house. Just get back in the house and get back to business. So I, I love that. What I really like about the show, I'm waiting to see, you know, how they develop all the characters. We have, I've already talked about how much I like the show and, and this and that. What I respect about the show is I like what they're doing with the uh, warrior of God. She doesn't want to be called an angel. Um, <laughs> now, I was really worried when I first saw her that they were going to kind of go into that territory of, you know, the sassy black woman. You know what I mean? Right. And she, sure, she's a little sassy, but, you know, she's so much more complex. You know, for me, like when they went ve veered into the whole human emotion aspect where she's an angel on earth and has no idea how to d handle human emotions and all that stuff. I thought that was great. Yeah, you know, um, I agree. A really interesting take. It also gives us, it allows us to care about her. She's got her own story besides just being the, you know, the, the uh, cinematic, what would they, what do they call that? The, the magic Negro, you know, the guy, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? You know, yeah. that the guy, you know, the character that just stands there in platitudes and, you know, in the Morgan Freeman voice or the whatever. You're a black caddy. You're a black whatever. Old guy on a... What, it, I, so I, I thought, I, I oh, your point. Yes. you're going to give me this, you know? And I thought, that's so unimaginative and super, you know, offensive and racist. And I thought, oh, please don't go there. Um, and they did it. I mean, sure, she's got a lot of personality and spunk. Um uh, but I like how they're giving us her in the sense that she's definitely more than one note and she doesn't know everything. And the last thing I'll say is I like the structure of the show. Um, I know this is going to sound crazy, but if, I mean, only in structure, it reminds me of, of um, like the X-Files or any show like this where 
it's episodic. It's pretty much like, you know, you know, um, uh, monster of the week, only it's his rescue of the week. It's like one character, it's a one shot. And then there's that overarching conspiracy where we're, where we're waiting to kind of figure out where did the other 35 righteous souls go, you know, and what's happening. And, and that, um, oh, that every time he, you know, completes a mission, he gets that vision and they have to patch the vision together to understand like what's going on. So I find that compelling enough. I like, it's really, it's, it's light and fluffy. Cotton candy makes me happy. Um, I like, you know, every week they find cute, inventive ways. I know I'm talking a lot about the show, but I really like the show. So I'll say this week. (laughs) (laughs) This week, I'm the only one to see, besides you, who watches the show. I don't know anyone else who watches this show. So I want to give it its proper props. Um, This week's episode involved him giving his suit to someone, you know, um, who would eventually, you know, miraculously happen to need a new suit. so, but I like the twists they always have. You think he's going to help someone out in this particular way. Um, and every week I always kind of think, oh, how is he going to accidentally purposefully, you know, happen upon the person that he has to help? And how is he going to solve their mystery or their problem? Um, so it's, that's adorable. And then it's not just that. There is this kind of conspiracy thing that keeps me kind of like, okay, what's going to happen, you know, 10 weeks in? How are you going to solve that? So, yeah, I like the show a lot. I really do. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Moving on. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Gotham. And we didn't talk about it last week. But uh, this week's episode, what I thought was interesting was we're finally coming to the end of um, Penguin's reign of his stupid coupon, no, voucher system or license system. Yeah. That was ridiculous. And what I think is interesting is that the thing that's bringing into that is a guy who is done with the corruption of the cops and starts killing cops that he knows are corrupt and ironically putting pig heads on their, on their dead bodies. But uh, I thought that that was an interesting look at how corrupt Gotham is and it's driving a wedge between um, Gordon and the captain. I just blanked um, on his name. What's his name? Harvey Bullock. Yeah, Harvey Harvey. Bullock. Yeah, Bullock. So it is driving a wedge between the two guys who all, you always think are inseparable and best friends, and it's making them kind of resent each other. And I think that's interesting because mainly Harvey is ashamed. He's ashamed of what he's been doing, and he doesn't really need his best friend just going pointing at him and going, ha, 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 you should be ashamed of yourself. He's like, yeah, I know that. So... That's kind of interesting. Um, but I also like that they're dealing with Bruce a little bit and having him start. This is the beginning of his reputation of being, you know, the party guy. So they actually have him go out to a party and he's basically drowning the pain of killing Raj in drinking and debauchery kind of situation stuff. And I'm like, how old is he supposed to be? Like, and he only supposed to be like 16, 17. He's in this club buying bottles of champagne for his crew. And I'm like, is that a thing you can do? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, what were you, any other thoughts? Well, you know, I found the Fight Club sequences to be very interesting. Um, how they introduced Solomon Grundy. Um, and then how Lee, um, Dr. Lee, formerly Dr. Lee, 
has totally made a complete turn to the dark side. Um, well, which, not really. Um, she's she's doing. Um, she's she's. What do you call it? She's got her clinic. She's helping people. She is, but there's there's now this this darkness about her that um, I'm finding it very interesting, especially now that she's taking over the club um, since um, Barbara killed um, uh, Cherry, I think her name is, uh, who owned the club, and now now Lee is running it. I, I just thought that that was so interesting. Um, I didn't see that coming because I had a feeling once Cherry died, as soon as she died, I said, okay, um, that's going to be the end of this club. And I just thought it was interesting that Lee took over the reins. So I'm curious how that's going to play out um, over the rest of the season. Who I'm is she going to be? Surprised she's back. Like to be honest. Me, me too. Yeah. Me too. And I'm curious just to see how all of this um, is going to move along. Um, you know, with the relationships with all the characters. Um, you know, with Tabitha and and Butch, who's now Solomon Grundy. Um, it's just very interesting. Um, it, it intrigues me when I watch it because I just like seeing how things start to unfold with each character. There's a link to everybody. Everybody's connected somehow in some way. And um, I'm finding that to be very interesting. Right, right. Well, every time you say Grundy's name, I keep wanting to say Born on a Monday. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this, what they're going on, what's going on right now, I'm intrigued by. I like it. Thumbs up for me. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Stranger Things, and we're going to talk about episodes uh, three and four, and just FYI, we're going to need to finish Stranger Things next week for all for the one person, namely me, who hasn't finished it, mainly because the Punisher's dropping next Friday, and uh, Longmire's dropping next Friday, and... What? We're getting another season what yeah i thought it was done nope the final season is friday for longmire oh wow awesome surprise uh yeah but i mean that'd be great (laughs) 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 all right so stranger things uh episodes three and four I'm trying to, all I remember is how four ended, which is the sheriff finds, oh, I remember some more stuff now. Okay, so the end of four, the sheriff finds the upside down underneath the pumpkin patch. But, so that's the cutoff point. If you've watched further than that, you can't talk about anything past that point. Um, cause I, and I know who you are looking at certain people. Um, but... What I wanted to talk about is uh, I got into an argument with uh, Peter, actually, about how the sheriff is treating Eleven. And he's like, he's really abusive to her. I was like, no, he's treating her like a parent. And she's not used to having a parent, which is the problem. And he's also, it's also an unfair situation where he has to basically keep her hidden or she's in danger. And I get it. I get that she wants company, that she misses her friends that raising a child in the wilderness alone in the dark is terrible. And he's not allowed, and he can't be with her all the time because he has to be at work. And so there's nobody to watch her. And so she's lonely and she's isolated. I totally get all of why she's upset and why she's having temper tantrums. But and, a diet of, and a diet of waffles is not very nutritious. <laughs> well, yeah. he gives her, he does give her the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, um, they're having frozen, they have frozen meals. He's totally giving her those, 
Those oh, aren't right. healthy either, but you know, um, the the problem is he's trying to establish discipline with her as well, and she's not taking to it because she's never had it that way, and she's also used to now in a dangerous place where she's used to being able to use her powers, and she's using them in a way that it's basically you know she's like, well, because I'm stronger than you, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous. So, uh, it, what are your thoughts, guys, on Stranger Things? Only up to episode four. <laughs> well, you know, I, I found it to be very interesting um, with Eleven and with Hopper, um, but especially because that all that she knew was being locked up, isolated, even tortured. So I thought, you know, being locked up in the cabin kind of was, in in some ways, kind of like a flashback to what that was all she knew growing up. And so I, I, I was glad to see her act like a child in that respect and, you know, push back on authority, push back on him. You know, you said 21 days is, you know, I, I love that whole sequence. Well, yeah, I thought that was legitimate. I think him not, but I, I mean, as an adult, I understand why he can't give her an answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also understood her frustration too. Well, I was kind of wondering about, okay, so they had the whole scene where the, the two teenagers, and I'm sorry I can't remember their character names, but they end up going to the building with the with where Paul Reiser's character is. And Paul Reiser is just like, he's just like the, the evil guy who, like, tells all of his plans, you know, before he drops you in, like, an unusually slow dipping mechanism or something. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, we're just analyzing this and blah, 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 blah. But you're not going to say anything and, and you should be scared of me. And then and then he just lets them go. And I was just right. like just watching that whole thing. going, What what is going on here? <laughs> that was Nancy and Jonathan. Yeah. I, I don't. Well, one, I thought their plan was stupid, which was they intended to be captured uh, so that they could record what the bad guy would say when he revealed his evil plan. It's like they've watched too many Bond movies, too. And he did exactly what they wanted, and it makes no sense. Like, that part, I didn't like. Uh, but I do like what's going on with the kids. And uh, which one of the kids is the one that has Dorn, Dork, that little reptile? What is the re- I forgot what the reptile was called. Uh, Dusty, he calls him D'Artagnan or Dart? Dart. Oh, right. Dart. Dart. <laughs> yeah, so the kid with Dart, like... I get it that he thinks it's cute and everybody wants to kill it and he thinks he has to protect it and then it ate its cat. And yeah. at that point, I'm like, dude, you're on the wrong side of this. <laughs> um, but I understood how he got himself in that situation where it didn't hurt him and he thought that he could keep it tame yeah. and then he couldn't. So yeah. what do you guys think? Um, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I thought it was very, I, it, it was it was believable to me because um, I remember growing up, you know, friends who found puppies and, you know, um, or kept certain, one, one friend had a squirrel. Um, he had to let it go because, you know, <laughs> can't really tame those. But it was just very interesting just to see his love for having this pet um, that he thought he could, you know, in some ways keep. Um, what, what what made me laugh, though, was 
the mother looking for the cat. <laughs> and that was fantastic and sad. Yes. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I felt sorry for her, but it, it did make me laugh a little bit. Um, her looking for this, this poor cat who she didn't know was buried in her own backyard right now. Wait, wait, so. wait. That hasn't happened yet. You guys are uh, right. oh. That hasn't happened yet. All I saw was he uh dark we see dark eating cat eating the cat that's where it ended oh i'm sorry that's okay okay all right you're, big you're, 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 it's not a big uh, spoiler you send your thoughts um you know the single graded there's so many things about stranger things that are good great even and and that, and that makes it a great show i think the single greatest thing about stranger things is that it doesn't make me hate child actors I mean, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Know how much I hate wow. them. Wow. Um, I just, I mean, no, it's really, it's like brilliant. I mean, I'm absolutely the demo. I, I think I might, if I do the math and count on my fingers, I might be exactly the same age as those kids. That was exactly my childhood. I mean, not chasing, keeping, you know, monsters as pets and, and all that other stuff, but, um, <laughs> The riding the bikes from house to house with no parent apparently caring or checking in, you know, uh, that the gross amount of independence they have is absolutely believable because that's literally how our childhoods were. Yes. You know, the, I find the show so authentic um, and, and in just delightful ways. And, uh, you know, I, I was being funny, but I'm not being funny. I think that the characters, uh, the children, the child actors, their characters are written so well and believably um, and then on top of that, the, the actors, the kids that are, are acting, you know, those words out, um, are fantastic. I, I honestly don't know how much is just natural talent slash they're playing themselves, uh, versus they're actually acting. I don't care as long as they're not annoying. Um, I will say this, I've had actually exposure to actual real child actors over the course of my lifetime. And a lot of them to put it nicely, are a bit odd. You know, I think that's what makes them, you know, be able to reach these places and kind of put on characters at such a young age. And I did actually see these guys, um, like in an interview or two, like they were doing the rounds for the dropping, you know, when Stranger Things were dropping. And they are a bit odd. And, you know, and and I don't mean just, oh, they're kids, they're being silly. No, they're a bit odd, awkward, all, all sorts of kind of things. Um, so I think it is acting. I think they are acting, you know, because they seem very different from their real life personas. So that's mad props because I, I really respect it. I think it's hard. Um, so I think the writing for them is good. I think their acting is good. Um, you know, I won't go on and on about the, the, uh, the, the feel of the show because we all agree. And I've said it a million times. The show feels so 80s. They got that right. The music is great. Um, but here's the last thing I will say. Hi, every time I did, um, I don't know if you know, Libya, but I was able to stop. I swore I was going to stop at four. I pushed to six. And then I 100% was like, no, 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 no. I want this to last. I want this to last. So, um, but I mean, tonight I'm just going to watch the rest. But um, I really uh, loved that when I watched the show, I kind of, not gasped, but I kind of giggled to myself like, I am really enjoying this, you know, the, the tension of it, the acting of it, it just, I, it's a, it's a great show. I like it a lot. Okay. Well, uh, your homework assignment this time is to finish the series for 
whoever. So there's, I think there's three. Ep- three how many episodes? There's, there's nine. nine. Uh, there's nine. nine. Well, finish uh, it. The, finish it this week if you can, because like I said, Punisher and Longmire is all coming on Friday. And if I had calculated this properly, we would have done it like three, three, and three. But I did not, so my bad. Um, so we'll finish up Stranger Things next week. Uh, and then we'll have Punisher and more stuff to talk about uh, next podcast. So if you guys have any questions or comments, leave them at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on radio.com, Krypton Radio, we not post on iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.